welcome to episode 379 of Good Luck High Five. That's right, you're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering, no matter where in your own home you are sitting to play it. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. And I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on this week's show, we are talking standards. That's right. It is a wild new world out there. (laughs) How much longer do you think I could go? (laughs) You know, I believe in you. I think that you could have gone for the entirety of this episode. I think I could have done it for 45 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, like you just keep going and it's just me doing the episode, but with you still saying standard in the background. Underneath it. You know, like, what do you think the record is for human being who could hold their breath? Oh, wow. It's it's something absurdly high, right? It's like seven minutes. It is probably something absurdly high. And like, just think about it. Like people who do synchronized swimming and stuff, they have to hold their breath for a long time too. And they're being athletic. Yes. Record for holding breath. Ooh, Google knew what I was going to type. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my it God. knows what you want to know. Okay. I just saw the answer. Now I need your real guess. Like, what do you want to put in as your 100%? This is my guess. Lock it in. Oh, Okay. Okay. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Okay, well, the actual answer is about twice that. 22 minutes and 22 seconds. Recorded in 2012, German freediver Tom Siesta? No. Tom Sietas. I can't say his name. Held his breath underwater for 22 minutes and 22 seconds besting somebody else by previous record by 22 seconds. <laughs> Can you believe that? No. No, I really can't. That seems I really can't. Unbelievable. If someone was underwater for 5 minutes, I would think they were dead. Yeah, I know, me too. And I also found this out. The average adult man can hold his breath for about 45 seconds to one minute before feeling the intense (laughs) urge to breathe. (laughs) Oh, oh my goodness. 22 minutes, y'all. That is mind boggling. Like 12. Like I said, my first guess was like seven. Yeah, I would have guessed something like that. Seven seems like a really long time. Indeed. Indeed, but not Twelve long Twelve seems enough. like a long time. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, you won't be holding your breath for anyway. much longer because we're going to be talking about standard. <laughs> is, that, is that how we got here? Oh, that's right. We were talking about you saying the word standard. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. There's no need for you to hold your breath for 22 <laughs> minutes and 22 seconds. Because we're going to tell you about it much sooner than that. I'm going to submit that to the Segway contest for 2020. Best Segways. I think that's going to be a real contender. Yeah, it is. I think think for sure. (laughs) Um, Standard. Wow. What a a playground. It really is. What an American Ninja Warrior course. (laughs) Because, you know, we're at the start of a new format here with the release of Aquaria, Lair Behemoths, and all of these 
wild standard decks just busting onto the scene mm-hmm. last week and this week we have a little bit better idea of what's kind of shaking out through the sieve and what the actual golden nuggets are in the standard format but still so yeah. much remains to be kind of panned out uh, in the format to find out which decks are really awesome and which decks are really just a poo-poo platter. Um, but yeah. what we're going to do this week is go through what has consistently, at least over the past couple of weeks, been rising to the top as the best decks of the format, uh, the most well-performing decks. And then we're also going to mm-hmm. talk about what we've been playing and also some super fun decks that we want to try right. in the format too. We're never going to just sit here and tell you what's good. We will also tell you what's fun. And we will also tell you what's up. <laughs> we sure will. And what's up right now, I'm going to submit this to another Segway contest, is <laughs> I'm going to tell you that you can support the show over on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Really, qu- really, question- really quick question. Yeah. In a Segway contest, is like the prize that you're con- competing for a Segway? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Perfect. There's no, there's no more appropriate prize. I know. They Thank w- you to everyone who's a patron. <laughs> Speaking of prizes, you are a prize that we don't deserve, but we are thankful to have every single day. Um, so thank you so much if you are a patron. If you have become a patron in the last couple of months, thank you so much. Welcome to the patron fa- Patreon family. Um, we're so happy to have you. Yeah, we've been hearing a lot of people talking about how um, wonderful it's been to have a Patreon community to help support them in these tough times. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, somebody actually sent us a very lovely email about um, how our show helps them out. But that's the fact that they can't um, support right now on Patreon, which is totally fine. The show is always free to whoever wants it at any given moment. But something you're doing mm-hmm. with your Patreon subscription is not only are you supporting the show for yourself, but you're also helping other people who might not be able to financially uh, co- contribute to supporting the show right now, too. So that's really cool. Yeah. And get ready for this segue. Speaking of people who are supporting people, Card Kingdom, a really wonderful sponsor of uh, Good <laughs> Luck work. High Five. Who we also work. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really want to win that segue. Um, who are who are such wonderful people and we're always <laughs> so so happy to be uh you know part of their family and part of their team yeah card kingdom has been supporting the people that they sponsored through this pandemic which is absolutely magnificent so if you're looking for a good company to buy from and why shouldn't you buy from a company that really puts its money where its mouth is and helps out its workers and helps out the people that it supports uh, via sponsorship and that's card kingdom um, you can go to their website cardkingdom.com slash glhf and put in orders and whenever they're ready they will start shipping them off to you with lightning fast speed because that's what they're known for and excellent customer support. So whenever this whole thing is done or even right now, consider supporting Card Kingdom because they've been here for us through this and they'll be there for you as well. Maria, I want to ask you this. Have you ever considered the phrase, put your money where your mouth is, as just like someone <laughs> biting dollar bills? Um... I don't know if I've ever actually actively considered that, but now that you say it, I'm imagining it. Like, literally, you're just saying, put your money into the spot where your mouth is. Don't eat change. That sounds terrible. It really, really does. I need need quarters to do my laundry so bad, but I do not want to go to the bank because the bank is like the number one germ factory. What if you just went to the drive-thru and you put your stuff in the little tube? I wonder if that's an option. 
Just use the tube Do you tube think they'll system. give me quarters through the tube? Yeah, they'll just put them in, you know, you'll get a roll. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. I hope so. You'll get um, a tube within wanna... a tube. Yeah, you know, like, a bank is just everybody's touching stuff there. I feel like money is one of the dirtiest things that exists, both metaphorically and literally. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> in just several senses of the word. <laughs> is there any science to back that up? I'm sure somebody will send us a link. <laughs> I think so. I think so. All right. Do you know what's not dirty? <laughs> Standard is real standard. dirty right now, Megan. Standard is never mind. Standard is real dirty right now. <laughs> it sure um, is. Yes, it is. Oh man, I cannot. I cannot wait to talk about it. Which w- what a day! I did not think if six years ago you had been like Megan. Someday you're going to be so excited to talk about Standard, and I'd be like, shut up. Also, why didn't you Whoa. tell me about some of the more important stuff that's going on seven years from now? <laughs> yeah, you're like ah, you <laughs> from the future. Just like. Hey, you're going to be really excited to talk about Standard. Nothing else is happening in 2020. Don't worry about it. Um, Just think about how fun Standard will be. You'll be playing a lot of it. Why? Gotta go. Oh, no. It'll just be, it'll be such a good time. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. crappy time traveler. Well, let's talk about, um, do you want to talk about what you've been playing first, what we've been playing, or do you want to talk about like what the top decks are first? Let's let's talk about what we've been playing first. Okay, great. What have you been throwing down with? Why do you love standards so much now? Tell me everything. Okay. Um, I've cycled through three decks um, because uh, some of them, as you will see, overlapped with decks that I had already. So I didn't have to spend many wild cards on them at all, which great. was nice. Um, one was blue white control with classic, uh, sh- you know, with Sharknado in it, um, which was like it was fine for a little bit. It's like. It's not, I don't think it, that it's very strong right now with all of the sacrifice decks. It kind of struggles a little bit because those decks just have so much, so many ways to recur their stuff and like get those last few points of damage through, you know? Um, and then I played sacrifice yeah. for a little bit. I played a Rakdos version of the sacrifice with Mayhem Devil, which I really like because it's, I was playing against a lot of like the Loris or other sacrifice decks and when someone, if you have a mayhem devil in play and your opponent sacrifices two creatures with priest of the forgotten gods, it oh, is God. not pretty for them. <laughs> it is, it is like, it is very brutal. Uh, that it sounds is, it is quite awesome. Because like, you it's, know what? Priest is mean. Priest is mean. There, I said it. Yes, it really is. But do you know what? When you have a mayhem devil in play, you're like, go for it, buddy. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, so I got like a lot of wins that way by like choosing the version of sacrifice that I think is like not quite as strong like overall, but if you're playing against a bunch of other sacrifice decks, like Mayhem Devil is just something that you want to be playing. And then um yeah, that that's card when, is a that's house. When, yes, cuz it's when anybody sacrifices something. Um right. it's just yeah, it's just quite good. And then most recently, I've been playing my favorite of the bunch, which is the Jeskai Fires with Karuga List. Um, oh, Karuga! Just, it's great. Karuga the Macro Sage. I love that hippo hippo fish. Oh, by the um, way, thank you to everybody who sent us pictures of their draft decks who were, took the Karuga Challenge. Oh, that's right. Speaking Thumbs of up. Karuga. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that one I've had, I've just had like a real blast playing. It's so much fun. 
So um, my question you know. is like, is Karuga just gravy? Is just is Karuga just candy on the sandwich on that deck? Yes. Yes. Karuga is just candy on the sandwich. Uh, Karuga is a card that's always in your hand, available to cast when you have a bunch of CMC three or greater permanents in play and you just want to draw a bunch of cards. It is. Is it basically nice. just stock, just a stock fires list plus Karuga? It so this version, yes, it plays a little bit more like Brazen Borrower and Bone Crusher Giant because those are like two nice perm, like two nice spells that get around the three CMC rule. Because on their face they say they're they cost three, but then oh. they have their adventure side, so that you do actually have like some options for making plays on turn two. Sneaky. If you cast, yeah, if you cast like the stomp side of the giant or the, you know, um, petty theft version of the borrower. And then it doesn't have the blue cavalier anymore. It just has the red cavalier. The red cavalier um, was the real one we liked anyway. That's yeah, real. exactly. Like, look, I love me some blue cards, but... And then it has... Uh, the one that I'm playing has two copies of Narset, who I also really like. You're She's a big Narset great. fan. Yeah, I am a, I'm a really big Narset fan. Um, this version, like, this Narset is great. Like, she can come down. She can, like, kill stuff if you really need to kill something. But a lot of the time she's really great. Like if you've been, if you're playing against like sacrifice or something like that, or an aggro deck, like her plus one gains you two life. Sick. Good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. I think the sacrifice deck gaining that life is so, so important because they're going to try and ping you to death any way possible. Um, yes. Which brings me to talk about one deck that I've been fooling around with. Do you want to hear about it? Yes, absolutely, I do. All right, so not only me playing this deck, of course, it is Just Guys Cycling, and I want to play it because oh, it yeah. reminds me of Draft. I love standard decks that feel like Draft decks, and this one's super mm -hmm. cool because it makes the most use possible of the cycling mechanic from Akoria. And basically mm -hmm. what you're doing is... Oh, I, I'm going to go with every card in your deck that is not a land uh, has cycling on it, which is pretty cool, other than... Yeah. Uh, your Zenith Flare, which is how you win yeah. the game. So you yeah. have a bunch of creatures that have cycling like Dranith Healer, Dranith Stinger, Flourishing Fox, and Valiant Rescuer. And those all just give you incidental bonus from cycling while they're on the battlefield and have cycling themselves. And critically, their cycling all costs one, which is also mm -hmm. awesome. And then you play cards that also have cycling one just to play them. Do you ever cast them? I mean, like, you probably cast them maybe 2% of the time. Go for Blood, yeah. which is like a fight card, and Boon of the Wish Giver, which is a draw card. Nobody cares. They're just in there to cycle. No. Frostvale Ambush, just in there to cycle. And you just kind of like, boop, 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 cycle, 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 cycle. And then you cast yeah. your Zenith Flare, which deals X to any target. It can go to the face or it can kill a creature. But if you're killing a creature with it, you're probably not winning that game. Um, deals yeah. X damage, and you gain X life, where X is the number of cards with cycling in your graveyard. So... You basically yeah. try and ten them and then the ten them again. What's the biggest zenith flare you've cast? You know, what, in whatever combination you need to, yeah. to get it done. Okay, well for me, here's the thing. I think the biggest one I cast was for thirteen, but I was okay. having a problem with this deck when I was experimenting with it, which was I didn't quite know exactly how I was supposed to play it, um, because mm -hmm. you have to make a decision if you want these creatures actually on the battlefield. Or if you just mm -hmm. want to keep cycling in hopes to find your Zenith Flare or something else that you yeah. can use. Like lands, for instance, you do still want to hit your land drops because playing creatures and cycling is actually pretty expensive. Um, 
especially in the yeah. middle portion of the game. So I don't know if I was playing this deck right. <laughs> I had a lot of questions. Um, but then I, I got to cast the some of the Magic Fest online finals and... Um, or excuse me, yeah, the top eight of the tournament last weekend. And a player in that tournament was playing this deck in the top eight. And I got to watch him play it running up to the top eight as well. And um, I learned something, which was, Maria, don't be a dum-dum. Put your creatures on the battlefield and then cycle. That's what they're there for, you dum-dum. So now I feel more <laughs> confident that I'll play it correctly. Um, yeah. This deck also runs Luris as a companion, as just like a yeah. little added bonus to be able to, if you use your creatures as cycling early on in the game, get them back and then play them as creatures after you play Luris. So that's that's a yeah. kind of nice little treat, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, do you think that this deck is the real deal? Great question. Um, because a lot of people thought this was a meme deck going into this past weekend in Standard. Yeah. I do think it's real. I think it's super easy to hate it out. You just need some counter spells. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it does have the problem that it has exactly four spells yep. that can that can win the game, and they, you usually need to cast two of them. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't know how long this deck will be around for. It's very fun to play. Who doesn't love drawing cards yeah. just constantly? Just like, boop, 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 draw, draw, draw. I know you never thought you'd hear me say that, but I mean, hey. <laughs> oh, Maria, I'm so proud. I'm so happy. <laughs> And also, yeah. it's not like a super counterspell heavy metagame right now. No, it's not. I mean, the the biggest counterspell that's getting played is Mystical Dispute, right? Mm -hmm. And like that usually isn't going to stop you. Um, I, I don't know. It, it just, it seems unusual that somebody would be playing a, a million Mystical Disputes in the main, at least for game number one, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. Like, I so think you're going to get them. Yeah, game number one seems like pretty good and of course Dranith stinger is gonna do you work over the course of the game you know you're mm -hmm. gonna you're gonna have incidental damage that way and by attacking with your creatures so it yep. has ways to win but obviously the zenith flare is the uh as we said candy on the sandwich <laughs> okay so why don't you tell me about a yorian deck that you've been experimenting with too oh man yorian is just i i love <laughs> I, I love Yorian's deal. I love the 80 card deck. Like, it's just so... Uh, the one that I most enjoy, I haven't really seen the Fires version of this, though I know that it exists. I've mostly seen different... I have saw, like, a Bant Ramp version of yeah. Yorian, and then one that was, like, like an all-in enchantments Yorian. Oh, cool. That just was... It's difficult to explain how brutal this experience was, <laughs> but let's go for but it. Here's an idea of it. Okay. I was playing control against someone playing this like Yorian enchantments deck and I'm playing a 60 card deck and they're playing 80. And I thought after, after about a 30, 30 minutes into game one, <laughs> yikes, yikes. That maybe, that maybe the only way to win this was that maybe they were going to deck themselves before I did. <laughs> they just like like they would like flick i don't even know how to explain it right but they had like the biggest combo of all of this was um elspeth conquers death yeah the you know the saga and yorian because right like yorian would somehow die and go to the graveyard and then elspeth's 
conquer's death would like get it back and then yorian would come in and then like exile all of these things that they had in play and they would get their elspeth like everything just came back from the graveyard so that like it felt like every turn they were exiling like like three you know three omen of thassa some omen of the forge like three planeswalkers and this saga and then bringing them all back it was that is just filthy it was honestly disgusting (laughs) (laughs) so you're like well if you can't beat them join them yeah exactly and i was like this is a spicy deck this is where i want to be like it was just about value it it just was like about in, like incurring value. Um, they would cast a bunch of copies of Granted, which is the um, you know the adventure half of Fae of Wishes. So they go and get like their Chandra Awakened Inferno, oh, um, yeah. and then they'd like cast it and put an emblem on me, and then I'd kill it somehow, and then they'd Yorian away their Elspeth Conquers Death, and then it would go through all of its cycles, and they would get it back. It was a year of my life. That that one game. <laughs> and was it worth it? Was it worth it? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was Great. because I was inspired. Um, <laughs> I was, I you know, I saw a hero. You saw a hero. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I am a huge fan of these Yorian decks. I, you know, there's just something... There's just something spicy about them that I appreciate. I have been wondering, you know, like, oh, this surely must, this must be a drawback. You know, we talked about this last week, like, oh, it, is the, are do the companions have a big enough drawback to not be worth it mm-hmm. in draft or whatever? And Yoria and I was like, surely having 20 additional cards in your standard deck is going to be a drawback. No, turns out that no, no. just not. No, it's they just, just made it so that it's not. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, which is very impressive, and I and I like it, you know. So, um, I want to find this deck that um, ended up winning the yeah. um, Magic Online Weekly Championship. Um, yes, last night actually. Yeah, because it was also Rakdos that means that we can Obosh because this is an Obosh deck. I'm gonna make sure I have the exact yes. list here because we can talk about companions we should we should really we should buckle down have yeah. a chat about those friends companions, i know because we've talked about at. karuga we've talked about yorian and now we're going to talk about rakdos sacrifice which makes use of both luris and obosh yes. in different builds yeah we talked about the cycling deck which makes use of loris okay i'm trying to find this exact list because it was so spicy um <laughs> From this guy. One second. Uh, here it is. Okay. So, um, yeah, this was from, from Jammernaut, who took down the Magic Online uh, weekly championship mm-hmm. here. And Rakdos Sacrifice, as we all know, has been a deck for, like, you know, a long time now. Um, and yeah. it's got a, par- a part of... Uh, a combo piece in it with the cat and the witch's oven, which has been in standard for even longer than that. Um, mm-hmm. The cool thing about this deck is that it's making use of Obosh to double your damage when you have your odd creatures in play, of which you have very many. I made yeah. reference to one earlier on in this episode, Whisper Squad. That's right. There are four copies of the one, one for one mana where you pay one in a black and go get another Whisper Squad and put it onto the battlefield. What? Uh, 
What a world. I know, right? What a world. Yes. Whisper Squad is in here, as well as Serrated Scorpion, Draft Champion, yeah. that little one-two scorpion um, that deals yep. two when it dies and you gain two. But something else cool about this deck is it's running Judith, the Scourge Diva, who which I love. I love you, Judy. Hello. Yeah. You're here for your encore. I'm happy to see her in a deck um, just wrecking face, pumping up all of mm-hmm. your little creatures. And she works so great with Obosh because she's putting the additional one on the front, and then Obosh is doubling that. So, yeah. It's uh, Obosh. Obosh is no joke. Bosh. <laughs> I love it. I also love Heraldic <sighs> Banner in this list. It runs four of them. That's right. That's that weird artifact for three where you choose a color when it ETBs and creatures of the chosen color get plus one plus O, oh, which I love to well, see an I have anthem not effect. yet seen that inclusion i've played against this a couple of times now on arena and it is like it's brutal it gets it really, its job really done is. the only yeah. thing that's stopping me from being 100 in love with this deck is the fact that it plays the cat oven combo which just i find personally find an enormously annoying to sit through <laughs> and to play but everything else about this deck i love and while i was doing commentary yeah. bloody was like yeah but if you're playing black and like your creature deck like you have to play it right and i was like yeah i think you just kind of have to which is i mean <sighs> I think it is true. And do you know what? I'm such a hypocrite because I'm so annoyed when other people are like taking too much time with their cat oven combo. But like when you're when I'm playing it myself, I love it. (laughs) I love doing it. I don't mind. I don't mind going through the motions of being like sacrifice this cat. Get it back. The cat came back the very next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this deck is really, really cool. Cat oven aside, yes. um, and I think it can go the distance, and I think it's proving itself yeah. to be better than the version that had Luris as the companion. But there you yeah, go. Yeah, I think that it is quite good. Um, you mentioned playing against a mono blue flash deck, which sounds kind of cool. Yes, I certainly did. Uh, this is one that I have played against a couple of times now, and it is a deck that has our you know like our old you know our old school friend um what's uh brineborn cutthroat oh yeah brineborn is the cutthroat. card that i'm thinking of yes uh so brineborn cutthroat and like spectral sailor and counter spells and then the big addition to this deck is sea dasher octopus you love this octopus megan oh this octopus is great unless someone is playing it against me and then i'm quite mad yeah <laughs> Exactly. But you know, like they like flash in, you know, their their sailor or their cutthroat or something. And then the next turn, they like, they slap an octopus on it and like attack you. Gross. And they're they're just drawing cards left and right. I was like, oh, isn't the sailor a human? No, it's a spirit pirate. No, exactly. It (laughs) is in fact a spirit pirate. And we all know a spirit pirate mutating makes tons of flavor sense. (laughs) Yes, and when a spirit pirate becomes an octopus, you're just like, oh, yeah, duh, that, it's cool. We get what's yeah, going on no, that here. that makes sense, that makes sense. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Another deck that I was playing around with a little bit, which I think is pretty spicy, I don't know how good it's going to end up being, is Winota, uh, Joiner yeah. of Forces. So I've only played against this once. 
Yeah, it wrecked me the time that I played against it. The thing with this deck is when it wins, it wins really fast and really hard. And when it loses, mm-hmm. it just peters out and does basically nothing. Um, yeah. So it's one of those types of decks. But when it wins, it's like lots of fireworks. So it looks really cool. And it's super fun to win with, too, because it's super unfair. Um, the reason yeah. that it works is because of Winota Joiner of Forces, which in case you don't know is a 4-4 for 4. Whenever a non-human creature you control attacks, look at the top six cards of your library. You may put a human creature card from among them onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. It gains indestructible until end of turn. Put the rest of the cards on the bottom of your library in a random order. So like... This card is this card. This deck is running like cards like Raise the Alarm, which creates you two human tokens. Um, you've got yeah. Winota herself. You've got other humans in the deck. It doesn't matter. The point is like Charming Prince is a two drop. You're gonna maybe get two to three triggers if you have Winota. You just have to play her. She doesn't have to attack. And then no. boom, and team swings yes. in. I think that like the time that I played against this, this they went like. Like, turn two, Charming Prince, turn three, Legion War Boss, turn four, Winota, and just, like, literally, like, put three permanents onto the battlefield. And I was like, well, this game is over. <laughs> They're tapped and attacking and indestructible. Yes. And one of the things that Winota puts onto the battlefield, the best thing, is Agent of Treachery, which normally costs seven mana. But yeah. you can what just put it into just play for, it for free on turn four. Yeah. That seems reasonable and fair. Yeah, so Winota, I think this deck is super fun. Um, but like I like I said, if it fails, it fails pretty hard and it can't do anything. You've got to have Winota. If you yeah. don't have Winota, you kind of lose. But if you have her, it's you win. It's a classic, so. like, what do they call it? Like, glass cannon, right? Yeah, glass like, cannon. Maybe it's going to go off, but also maybe it's just going to shatter into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> so those are, like, some of the top decks uh, in the format that we've noticed that we've played against. But, of course, yeah. here at Good Luck High Five Studios, we like to talk about decks that are kind of a little bit under the radar and a little bit different, shall we say, more fun, more spicy. And we've got some cool lists that we found on the Internet that we want to share with you right now. Yeah. So this is like, I've we've both seen posts about this separately. It's like some of the new hotness around, which is Teamer Mutate. I love this. You want to know why, Megan? Can you guess why I love this? Because it's weird? Because Because it has baby Godzilla? Oh, because it has creatures. Classic Maria creature. Yeah. Creature deck. Because like... Think about it. a lot of these top standard decks that we're mentioning. The Rakdos one doesn't count, but like the, any Fires deck and whatever, and Team of Reclamation, which is also still very popular. Um, you know, they're just about playing like one big fatty or whatever, or one huge expansion explosion, and then you're dead. Um, yeah. And this is cool because this is like a critical mass of creatures in this list. And as you said, it does play Baby Godzilla. Hello. Yes. <laughs> uh, to discount your your mutates and also a bunch of really cool creatures to either mutate on or with mutate. Sea Dash or Octopus is one of them yeah. in this deck. Um, we've also got Gem Razor, which is a really spicy 4-4 four, four for 4 mana. I mean, Questing Beast yeah. is in this deck as well. Hello. Um, I think and it's it- really, really cool. The razor is doesn't it mutate for one green green? I think it does, yeah. Which is just like blah. 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 You know, blah. Blah. Uh, and I love you have stuff like Voracious Hydra, which comes into play with counters on it, and then you like put a much bigger creature on top of that, and then it yeah. still has the counters. I love it. So it's just 
enormous. Oh, this, yeah. This version we're looking at has Umori, the collector, as the companion as well, just for value here, of course. Um, yeah. And if you're watching the video version, we'll we'll have this deck up on the screen. If you at home are listening to this and you're like, I want to see these decks, just hop on over to youtube.com slash goodluckhighfive and you'll be able to see them in the video version of our podcast too. So uh, yeah. make sure this to check deck, that out. This deck looks pretty cool. This is pretty I, sweet I, looking. I'm definitely going to try it 100%. No questions asked. Yeah. Do you want to know what other deck I'm going to try? Tell me about it. This is Jeskai Agro. Yes, the word aggro is in it, so Maria is going to be a fan. But two, Mm -hmm. it plays four Mm -hmm. copies of Staggering Insight. What? Yeah, classic. You love you and Aura. I sure do, especially one that gives plus one, plus one, and draws cards when it deals damage. Um, Maria, this 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 deck is an interesting to look at it's a work of art Luris is your companion <laughs> you're playing terramander you're playing the perfect pet uh what's the name of that card uh sprite, sprite dragon 10th dragon. Mm-hmm. district legionnaire what uh four copies Ooh. of god's willing so it's a little boggly four copies of opt Carmetra's blessing once again boggly sentinel's eyes cheap aura raking claws i assume just for cycling staggering insight four copies defiant strike four copies this deck is bizarre is that really enough creatures i've got to try this out yeah yeah and I, I mean yeah that's 12 creatures okay 13 counting loris that's more than enough I also saw, f- I also see fight as one in here too. <laughs> okay. I'll report back next week on how this deck goes. Yeah, Cause I'm definitely going to try it. You have to try this out because this is wild. This, uh, there's no other way to describe this deck. It is, you know, breaking claws. I bet you sometimes you cast it. Yeah. I mean, how much damage does it do? Raking claws. Doesn't it give double strike? Oh, double strike, double strike. You're right. Yeah, that's that is what it does. I bet you do cast it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're just gonna you're gonna do a little do a little raking claws action. You probably get what people is with that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, what about this what about this mono green carn list? Tell me about it, Megan. I've played against, I've actually have played against this a couple of times now that I see it because I've played against some of these uh, Kahira the Orphan Guard decks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like, you know, I like that it's got those really powerful five mana walkers in Nissa Who Shakes the World. Like, do you know what? People were talking about how like back, you know, back a couple of months ago now, but yeah. people were like, does Nissa need to be in the conversation of what gets banned back when the Oko decks were super popular? Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember. Like, this card is so powerful. And guess what? Like, yeah, there are very po- other very powerful things going on right now, but like Nissa's also still really good. That didn't stop happening. <laughs> yeah. It turns out that Nissa is still a house and don't forget about yes. her. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like it's going to be on you. If you forget about Nissa who shakes the world, you will still lose to that card. <laughs> it's going to be on you. It's going to be on you. Do you know what Maria? I realized that we did not talk about what and like shame on us. What was it? Maria, we didn't talk about Garuda. 
Oh, you're right. We got to mention Garuda. It's kind of fallen off the radar. Like, it had, it was like a one week wonder um, in yeah. standard and then now is like nowhere to be seen. I mean, I certainly still play against it. Oh, you do really? And I have, I have played against it and I have, uh, uh, I have yet to win a match against this deck because it, when it goes off, it is brutal. Yeah, this is um, a, a wild deck that people are playing, um, I think, like last week and the week. Yeah, last week was kind of like it's time in the sun and it was just yeah. everywhere. It was like a virus. Um, yeah. And people That's just a like. a very good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a virus. It was a virus. And, you know, if you had asked me before standard happened and you're like, hey, do you think the six mana six six is good enough for standard? I would have been like, you're out of your mind. Absolutely not. It's too slow, too expensive, whatever. Turns out but that what it's if, just fine. What about when you put, yeah, six Garudas into play? Because that's what happens. Yeah, so it happens because of, what's the card? Um, spark double. Spark double, right. So you play your Garuda, you mill yourself and your opponent, you put something onto the battlefield. Hopefully it's a spark double. It could even be another Garuda. You do it all over again yeah. because it's copying Garuda. Mill again, put a permanent on, and pretty soon by turn, whatever, you've got like 40 power on the board. No big deal. It's absurd. And then it also plays, uh, the versions that I've seen play Thassa Deep Dwelling. So it's like yep. you did that on your turn. You played at least one Garuda, usually probably at least two. And then you also got a Thassa out of the deal. And then so on your end step, you just do it again. You just do it again. Just blinks itself and uh, or not itself, but Thassa blinks it. Do it all over again. Yeah, it's um, do it all over again. It is. It is brutal. And then it also plays uh, the versions that I've seen have also also play and raise forerunners. <laughs> big pigs so it's just big pig big pig and you big pig that big pig into play sick well i haven't seen garuda recently so i don't know i oh. personally hope it i don't mind if it's there like a little bit but it's so it feels so unfair when it happens it is it, exactly that is the best way to describe it is that like when it happens it just feels unfair you're like oh i'm playing magic and you're playing something else yeah i agree but um, it is we're not playing fundamentally the same game <laughs> no it, you're playing spin the wheel right you're like okay well yeah. i watched a bunch of garuda mirror matches when i was doing commentary last week for magic fest online and um it was basically like oh, oh who hits better with garuda that's literally yep. the game which is yeah, not magic so yeah. You know, I have to say a lot of these decks, like some of the ones I've talked about too, like the Rakdos Sacrifice decks to some extent, these Garuda decks, even Fires kind of feel like combo decks. They really do. They really do. And you're a combo deck fan. Yeah. I am. I've had a really good time. You know, like you would usually, I'm sure people who are listening are like, Megan, you don't like Rakdos. That's not your thing. And like the answer is that usually it's not, except that I love that the Rakdos Sacrifice deck feels just like this puzzle that you're putting together. You're like trying to snap these pieces into place. That's like, okay, how are we dealing yes. 20 damage of like some combination of like, like mayhem devil triggers and like, what can you attack with? And then also be able to sacrifice things. It is... It's really cool, but it's interesting because it felt like for a long time, Wizards was kind of really pushing away from the combo deck archetype, like deck building yes. archetype. 
They that were. it was just sort of like, oh, you know, the world should consist of like aggressive decks, mid-range decks, and control decks. And combo should be, you know, should be banished forever and never talked about. <laughs> uh, so it's interesting that we're in this place right now. And I think that to some extent it has to do with the power level increasing. Like the more you know, power creep that you have, the more powerful cards are, the more people are going to find ways to do busted quick things with those cards rather than just try and, you know, like fight it out in a fair way. Absolutely. You're 100% right. And I was thinking about this the other day too. The cards are so, so powerful in Akoria and they've been getting more powerful over standard, as you said, that are Mm -hmm. we just doomed to have a standard now or blessed or whatever, however you like to think about it, have a standard where power is um and doing the most powerful thing at any given time is always the best strategy which is kind of how yep. it feels a little bit right now with the exception of the rakdos deck so thank goodness that yep. deck exists um because like i think that team of reclamation yorian um fires of invention these decks which are at the top of the field are all trying to do something insanely powerful. Garuda, for example, um, as quickly as possible. And it gets a little homogenous if that kind of is like, we just know that that's the best thing to do because the cards are so powerful. If it's just like the only thing. Right. Exactly. So something to think about for sure. One other deck list I did want to mention um, before we wrap up the segment is Obs on Humans, which um, is a fun little deck, which of course I've got to play because I love uh, tribal synergies. <laughs> this yes, is a cool deck that's playing General Karudo of Dranith, which is a legendary 3-3. Three, three. Um, he's, he's pretty cool with his gem on his shoulder. He looks, he looks really... Um, like a good general, uh, giving your other humans plus one, plus one. And when yeah. he or another human enters the battlefield, you can exile something from a graveyard. So we're dealing with Uro there. And then you play cards like a general's enforcer, which gives the other legendary humans you control indestructible. So they can't be killed, which is really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, another legendary human you play is Shevel Bane of Monsters, which is the one through with Death Touch, where you get to put a, per, a like a, a bounty contra- counter on another permanent. And then when it's, wow. when, it's, when it's gone, you get to gain three life and draw a card. Um, yeah. Wild. And also people are putting Hero Precinct 1 into this deck because you're playing so many multicolored cards. Anyway, I don't think this deck is yeah. very good, at least right now, but it is super fun. Um, and yeah. if you like uh, strategies like that, consider Obs on Humans. Mm-hmm. And you do like you a tribal synergy. I sure do. So I hope we get some more different kinds of decks that are able to hang with like the big powerful decks in the format uh, coming yeah. up here and just kind of see standard like accept the fact that, oh, <laughs> maybe maybe we don't always just have to like slam a Cavalier of Flame, you know, and then win that way. Don't be mean to Cavalier of Flame. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I once I once raced a mono red deck with Jeskai Fires. Oh, did you really? How'd you race it? Because do you know what? If you get to turn five and you're not dead, you can you can kill them. <laughs> Sick. It was really pretty cool. I liked it. If you've got a deck in standard that you've been playing that you really love, a pet deck that you've brewed up or something that you're like, hey, Mm -hmm. this might have gone under your radar this week, please tweet at us at GLHF Magic and let us know what that deck is because we would love to try out some more spicy brews here on the podcast and let everybody know about them too. 
Well, everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you so much for hanging out with us as we talk about the wild, wild world of Standard that I'm sure will be completely different in two weeks' time, in which case we will revisit it. But um, we had to talk about it this week because this stuff is just off the wall and Standard is (laughs) just a home of a lot of big, wild stuff going on. So I cannot imagine where Standard will be in two weeks. Neither can I. I didn't think that we would be talking this week and we would literally forget to talk about Garuda because it's disappeared yeah. one week later. Yeah, it is. It is wild. I can't imagine where I will be at in two weeks, which is still inside my own home. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to give everybody an update on the microscopic worm water. Oh, my we need to be doing water. great. Yeah, I think that it did solve the gnat problem. Wow. So I feel um I feel pretty great about it. So and if you're on the video version, I'll show you look, I made a little hanging plant basket. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah, so that my cat can't bite that plant anymore. Uh, <laughs> so what I'm saying is that that's how I'm channeling my quarantine energy still. Uh, my plants are thriving. Beautiful. You're you're 30 flirty and thriving, Megan. That's right. Maria, how are you channeling that quarantine energy this week? I'm putting it all into business. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. In case you all haven't heard, Good Luck High Five is currently negotiating a move into a new office space. Yes. Uh, we'll have more information for you about that on uh, upcoming episodes. But it's very mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, means a lot of exciting stuff for the future of Good Luck High Five. Um, yeah. And this is a really tough time to be able to, to be trying to do something like this. Um, but... And it's also a time when you get unprecedented opportunities, I think. So, you know, we're just going to we're just going to take it. That's yeah. the spirit of good luck. High five, you know, put on that rocket you know, pack and just shoot your butt to the moon. A lot of a lot of Maria's energy this past week was channeled into sending me very long te- text messages about why this was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I turn out to be right. Gentle listeners. Yeah. <laughs> hey, just so you know, my mom thinks that you're you're right. Oh, so, she does? Okay, that makes yeah. me feel great. Megan's mom, yeah. I like I'm a big fan of Megan's mom. Yeah, she's really great. And she was like, Oh yeah, Maria is right. You should like you you should be using this time to seize opportunities. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> So you have okay, the Megan's well, mom stamp of approval. As long as I've got that stamp of approval, I feel ready to tackle the world. <laughs> oh, thanks for listening again, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk more about that later. If you want to support us in these tough times and you're financially able to do so and feel motivated, head on over to patreon.com slash GLHF magic um, and throw five bucks our way, uh, especially mm-hmm. for people who can't in this time. Uh, check out cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. They're an amazing sponsor and they've got our back during this pandemic. So let's all have theirs as well and show them that we appreciate their support and their being a good company. Um, and everybody at home, keep sticking it out. I feel optimistic yes. about the future. And we just need to stick in this a little while longer, everybody, and we will just kick its butt. That's what I think. Yes, we will. Stay at home, kick its butt. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we're here for, we're here for you. Good luck, yeah. high five. But from a distance. <laughs> <laughs>